I'm so tired. There's not enough hours in the day. Bullshit excuses. I've got too much to do. I have to work late. I have to run the kids around. The bullshit excuses. I have to get up early tomorrow. They end now. This is fitness for nine to fivers. You work day-to-day jobs. In fact, you may even have two, and you've been trying to fit in a healthy lifestyle. We have the solution. This is fitness for nine to fivers. And this is Andrew Marsham. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Fitness for Nine to Fivers podcast. Today we have a very special guest on in the form of Mr. Colin Campbell. Colin, how are you today, mate? Yeah, really good, Andrew. Glad to be on and looking forward to our chat tonight. Hopefully people take some value from what you and I are going to talk about. Absolutely. So just for a bit of frame of reference, um, Colin is like myself, a 95er, trying to live the fitness lifestyle also. Um, he's also got a very successful brand over on his Instagram, um, which will be linked below. Um, Colin, would you want to shout out the Instagram as well just before we get into things? Yeah, so to introduce myself, Andrew, I'm, like you say, a fellow 95er. I'm 27 years old from Bearsden, just outside Glasgow. I've probably been posting on Instagram for about three years now, but been into the gym for much, much longer than that. Probably lifting for over 10 years, so probably 16, 17 when I started, mostly through rugby, and then it became a bit more about the aesthetic side of thing. And uh, yeah, my Instagram is at call.cambro and yeah if people want to follow me there and get involved that'd be fantastic it's a real interest for me outside of work but again I'm not one of these guys that lives the fitness lifestyle full time because I've got I've got a 9-5 job which pays my bills overall 100% and that's what we're going to be discussing today um, so Colin's a perfect fit for this podcast of course um, just before we move on to things Below, if anyone is interested, you will see a link to my brand new um, Fat Loss for 95ers ebook. So if you want to pick that up, it's completely free and it's in the show notes below. Also, for anyone who screenshots and tags us in the screenshots the podcast, tags me in the story or leaves a review, I'll set you up with a free coaching call as well. But let's get into the podcast today. So Colin, let's talk through, well, first of all, tell us your, your, your own training goals at the moment. Let's kind of talk through them. Yeah, so my training's primarily aesthetics and physique focus, so about how you look. Yep. How you move and perform is really important to me as well. However, I've always been somebody that wants to have a six-pack, have big arms, have that kind of wide shoulders, small waist look. And I quite like the whole idea of in your work suit or your work clothes, you, you look fit and healthy, but you wouldn't think that you're a a bodybuilder outside of it and that's always been my kind of aspiration to be that kind of natural athletic look but when you've got your top off you've got a vest on people are like shit he he, he lifts he trains <laughs> so all my training is kind of primarily focused around that and with work and the demands of that that's got I I train five days a week I've trained six days a week in the past I've trained seven days a week in the past before that when I really didn't have a clue. Yeah, done that. <laughs> but now it's five days a week. I get I get two sessions in on the weekend just due to time, you've got more time to train. And then after work, I'll have three sessions during the week. So five in total. And 
those are kind of planned around my busiest work days. So when I've got travel and most, most Tuesdays I'll travel to Edinburgh, to our Edinburgh office. And that pretty much rules out the Tuesday evening yep. in terms of training. So I fit my other sessions in on those other days. And like I say, weekends training becomes a priority because you've got that wider window. You've not got eight, nine hours, 10 hours of your work day or your commute to and from work to, to be involved in. Yep, sounds good, mate. And again, we touched on something um, just before coming on there. So as Colin is very rightly doing, he's fitting around his lifestyle and what he can actually do rather than setting the present of trying to push for six, seven days a week. So what do you find, uh, firstly, actually, who first inspired you, actually? That's a good question, to want to get that physique that you just talked about. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting one. I think I... I got into training through rugby, so when he got to like under 16s, under 17s at rugby, so kind of fourth year, fifth year at high school, you're looking around and, and some of the boys in your team are getting really big and strong, they're training hard, the coaches were saying, right, you need to get into the gym if you want to be competitive next year in the team, uh, and, and in the league that we're in, we're playing against teams that are, are bigger and more physical than you, and I was always a pretty slight guy growing yeah. up and I guess I looked up to some of the guys in the in the in the years and age groups above me at, the, at my rugby club mm-hmm. who had bigger and more muscle mass yeah. and I thought they looked good the guys in the first team so the adults that were that were playing they were bigger and more muscular and then you had that other element of online where that was probably this was quite a long time ago now I feel a bit old yeah. but maybe like 2008, 2009, so YouTube and there was no Instagram, Facebook probably was quite new as well, it was more Bebo back then I think, if you remember that. But yeah, damn right, I remember I, that. Who was your top I think, friends? <laughs> I, think, I think as I started to get more into the training through, through rugby, I was probably training a couple of days a week and then I was enjoying it so much, I'd want to train more. I would look at YouTube and I'd uh, type in like, chest workout or leg day or leg day motivation because I, I didn't really like training them <laughs> and, uh, and you'd see maybe kind of old school YouTubers like uh, uh, Scott Herman Fitness who's a, I think he's a Canadian guy maybe American yeah, uh, he, was, he, had, he was a very slight small guy but he had muscle everywhere and then you had the more kind of euphoric stuff that was like disease uh, who'd be jumping about at trans festivals with a six-pack and big shoulders, and you were like, God, he looks like he's living the life, doesn't he, in Australia? I'm fucking but, uh, <laughs> Exactly. So I think that was the kind of physiques that you looked at, and then maybe alongside that, people like uh, Greg Plitt or the guys that were on the front of Men's Health magazine. Not that what's inside Men's Health magazine is typically worth very much, in well, my opinion. <laughs> but the front cover has guys that have rip six backs, maybe they're either in their boxers or a pair of jeans and they're looking really aesthetic and you're kind of like, oh, as a 16, 17, 18 year old, I want to look like that. So I'd say that was probably where the motivation to build a better physique came from. And, and at that age as well, you think, if I get in better condition, better shape, I'll have more confidence, which you will, but maybe you'll get more girls. Maybe you'll, uh, you'll be able to apply for that job because you've got more confidence in yourself and you're able to put yourself across and all those things are, are true to a large extent obviously your personality can lead to that too but the physical changes that you can achieve 
tend to transfer over and I felt that at that age and I guess it started to come in, in future years when I could get some results. That's a great answer to that question. There's there's so much that there's so much more comes to building muscle or getting in shape than just, you know, looking good. You know, for me, um, the, the reason I, one of the main reasons I started was because I was, like yourself, very skinny. So I was eight stone when I started. And I, I get bullied, you know what I mean? I was ginger and get bullied. So that was one yeah. of the I started just to put some muscle mass on and gaining that confidence, getting that, that bit of um, momentum behind you does make a massive difference. Um, so when, if you could go back to calling day one, um, and say, give him a bit of advice for starting out in his training. What yeah. would you say? What kind of mistakes were you making those first couple of years? For example, for one of mine, the back you mentioned, I never trained legs for about three years. So that was one of my. Now, all of our programming in the first couple of years that I was lifting was, was through the rugby coaching. So you had a strength and conditioning program which right. you followed. You, you definitely trained legs. You did your squats, you did your deadlifts. But there were other areas that weren't, weren't as much of a focus as well. So the training was primarily structured by the rugby coaches. And there were squats and deadlifts, which was great. There was heavy bench presses. There was uh, lunges with a barbell. There was shoulder pressing above your head. There was uh, pull-ups and chin-ups. But the biggest mistake within that was there, was a, there wasn't an awful lot of mobility or shoulder health. So we did train a little bit of back, like I said, pull-ups and pull-downs yeah. and chin-ups, but there wasn't that much rowing and there wasn't any, any form of external rotation for your, your rear delts or anything on your side delts. It was just a lot of pressing. Right. So I began to develop an incredibly strong bench, great bicep curls. <laughs> Decent squats. I could squat quite heavy for my, for, for my weight and I was getting quite good at those. But I guess the kind of connection with the muscle and the stimulation I was getting, not fantastic. Form was okay in the movements I was doing, but it wasn't particularly well-rounded. So my first couple of years, I put on some size, but I built a pretty big, strong chest. But the back of my shoulder and my kind of back was pretty heavily underdeveloped, I would say. Right. And it led to quite a lot of imbalances and playing a contact sport like rugby as well as one with a repetitive movement of passing the ball with your with your hand continually. I was getting a kind of rounded look to my shoulder, that kind of one that you see guys in the gym who just train chest with their yeah. kind of rounded shoulders hunched hunched over. Yeah. I was getting a little bit of that I was getting a little bit of that Andrew and that would be one of the biggest mistakes I made from an actual training perspective. Right. So call calling day one, I would have said, do your face pulls, do your rear delt flies, do your heavy dumbbell row, do your barbell row, bent over barbell row, and probably train back almost one and a half to two times more than you train the front of your body. Yeah. That would be that would be number one training tip. <laughs> and uh if we get on to nutrition, well, I would say... <laughs> Let's touch on that first, then on you go. <laughs> I definitely didn't eat enough. I didn't, I didn't have any idea about calories. I saw a meal plan for what a, a pro rugby player who played for Glasgow Warriors was having. And he, was quite a, he wasn't a huge, huge guy, because I'd seen what the huge guy was having. I thought, I couldn't 
physically eat that. <laughs> but, I, but I was eating, I was eating pretty clean, and I was eating a decent amount of food. But I probably wasn't eating enough because I, I, I wasn't, I didn't have any idea about portion size or uh, weighing out the food. I didn't have any idea about macronutrients. I was probably getting a decent amount of protein. I was having porridge for breakfast, some eggs. I was having lunchtime was probably a protein light in terms of it was just a wee sandwich. You were getting lots of bread and carbs, but maybe just a wee bit of ham or a wee bit of chicken, which I suppose is, this is still kind of late school and I didn't have too much of a clue. I was eating quite a lot of fruit, which again is decent to, to fill you up, but if you're trying to gain weight, you need to be eating quite a lot. Of, you probably need to be eating more bananas than you're eating berries because the, yeah, the, the calorie difference. And then I was having pasta, rice, beef, steak. Again, I was eating a wee bit of cereal, but I probably, in terms of calorie intake, at that age, you're just a furnace. If you're active, I was playing rugby, uh, training twice a week, playing on the weekend, and then weight training two or three days, and walking to and from school. You don't, you don't realise I wasn't counting my steps back then, certainly, but <laughs> the step count was probably quite high. You're really active. Maybe you play football at lunch with your friends. You're, you're so football. active, and I didn't have... Exactly. You're so active, but you don't really have the calories. So I think training perspective, train your back more, get more around the physique, connect with the muscles. And then for nutrition perspective, get a really firm grasp on calories and protein and get an idea of what you should be having for your three, four, five, however many meals you have in a day, what works for your schedule, having an idea of what that should look like and eating kind of similar stuff across the week would have been, would have been really, I would have fast-tracked my progress a lot faster. Yeah, 100%. It's, it's just setting that structure, isn't it? Just getting that, that baseline almost and being able to repeat it, you know? Um, I find that repeating meals can sometimes make, make life just that bit easier. Um, what I'll typically do is repeat them for a week, you know, and then maybe switch things up after a week or so. Tell us a bit more about what your day-to-day training and nutrition looks like now. Um, obviously, somebody who's on the go, you work, you work as you said, you work in different offices and things like that. I know you do a bit of, quite a bit of traveling and stuff as well, just through watching yeah. your Instagram and things. So that's something that myself and a lot of my clients, a lot of people listening, have to go through that maybe train journeys or daily journeys, somewhere out of office kind of stuff. How do you yeah. work around that with nutrition and how do you go about planning your weeks when it comes to training as well? Yeah, I think we'll address each in turn. So the first one we'll do is training. Yep. For me, you've got to look at your week and look at when is going to be convenient for me to train. So I mentioned I'm training five days a week now. Like I said, the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, non-negotiable pretty much, unless I've got really big social events that are going to not get in the way, but mean that you can't do that. Yeah, I'm over. <laughs> exactly. So you've got to make a choice at that point whether you fit in another day during the week. So the other thing that I'll look at is when's going to be my most travel. So I am typically office-based in Glasgow. However, every Tuesday we have meetings in Edinburgh in the morning and we just stay and work there in the in the afternoon and then outside of that I will have client or prospect meetings across Scotland now they're not all the time but they are fairly regularly and if I want to be good at my job then I need to be having them quite a lot so I do I do have a bit of travel and I think with that in mind for example that would immediately mean for me Tuesday when I'm going to Edinburgh that's an hour in the train at 
6.15 in the morning and then I'm getting back to into the train station at home at night at half past six at the earliest. Yeah. Depending on what happens. So if I want to train on a Tuesday, my choice pretty much is either train straight after work in Edinburgh, so get access to a gym there, which I, which I have done once or twice. However, I typically rule it out because I'd be getting back too late at night after a really long day. You've been out for 12 hours already. If I go to the gym after I get off that train at 6.30, maybe 7 o'clock at night, my session's going to be rubbish and I just have to accept I'm not doing it. So those other days, Monday, Wednesday, and either Thursday or Friday, have to become your training day. And then you might have maybe another day that week. So for example, this week on Thursday, I go to Kirkcaldy for a meeting. Now the meeting's in the morning, so I'll probably leave the house about 7.30. So say, say my meeting's 9.30, which it is. I'll get up to Kirkcaldy, I'll drive up, I'll get a coffee, relax before the meeting, prep, prep my notes, deliver the meeting, and then I can head back down the road. But if I had multiple meetings there, I might go home later. That might be another day when training's not going to be really ideal or I'm going to have to train a little bit later at night and make it a priority. But it just so happens that Monday, Wednesday, Friday this week look absolutely fine. So I can get my, I can get my training done in those. So I think everyone needs to look at their week and see what's realistic. Alongside that, you've got the choice to make. And that is, are you going to train before work? Are you going to train your lunch break? Or are you going to train after work? Now, personally, I'm not going to fit a decent session in my lunch break. I appreciate a lot of people can, and you, you definitely can make progress. But for me, I, I go to work in a suit, so I would go down in my suit, get changed, do my workout, get a shower, and then get changed again. And it's I'm, I'm very, very unlikely to fit that in an hour. I would find that very difficult, really difficult. So for me, it's a straight choice between training before work or training after work. And with those considerations, you've got to consider, if you say you're working in a set office every day, so say your office is in the city centre of Glasgow, you need to decide, am I going to go in in the morning if you've got a commute and train in there and then get showered and go to work? Or I'm going to train near home, go home and get showered and then go into work? Or does that work for me? And then after work, you've got to decide if you're training Maybe you're going to train near your office or you're going to head home and train, and train somewhere else or are you going to go straight from the office to somewhere and then head home. There's lots of considerations to make. I think it all comes down to two things really. Convenience, so making it as easy as possible because even as somebody who's lifted weights for 10 years and pretty much loves it, like I really, really get a buzz from it. If it's not convenient, I will potentially find a reason not to go. Yeah. <laughs> and, that links, and that links me to the second factor, which is, is adherence. If you can adhere to a and a plan, you're going to be a much happier guy. You're going to be a much happier person. 100%, and man. 100%. You've, convenient. you've recently changed to, to morning sessions, Andrew. So what, what's kind of led that decision? So that is literally just as you said. So... What I was finding, um, obviously I've got work for the fitness side thing now as well, so there's been a lot more hours going into that on my end. Yeah. And on top of that, I've got my normal job. So what I was finding was I was going into morning, work in the morning, half six to four, five o'clock, training, getting home about half seven, and not having really too much time. 
to work on the business side of things and do what I want to do fitness-wise. I've maybe getting two hours, you know, two, two and a half hours max. If I, if, if, you know, absolute, we're talking top end, you know. Um, so what I'd done was, um, because I wanted to continue to train at Extreme Gym, where we train, um, I decided to go first thing in the morning. So I now go for an opening at six. My work is literally five minutes down the road. Is uh, it really close? See, that's it's see, that's a consideration. Yeah, on the same street. So yeah. I could I could go in the I could go like half six in the morning, I leave it maybe half three and go to the gym. But then I'm getting stuck in traffic coming home because I'm yeah. coming home at five o'clock. Then you know, yeah. so rather than you know get thinking taking all that into consideration, having to deal with that. Go first thing, go nice and early when there's no traffic to be in. I get flex hours, which is ideal. So start around half seven, finish at four, and I go home then. And that's my day, and that gives me the full night to work in the business side of things as well. So I got a good run at it. Um, and again, that was based pure, that decision was based purely on how can I make this more convenient? How can I make this suit my lifestyle better? Because yeah. I'll be honest. I, I've trained eight years, I think, come January. Yeah. I started in 2011 as a New Year's resolution. Uh, no, sorry, 2012. Um, yeah. And for seven and a half of them, I said I will never train in the morning. Never. Yeah, I like it. Always say that I would, I'd hate it. I would never, I'm never doing it. Started listening to some audio books and things like that, people setting up their days, and all of them hammered home, starting with the exercise. Right, I'll give it a go. I'll try it for a week. Tried it for a week back in August, and I'm still doing it. And this is December. This is what 18th of December, 17th of December. As we record this, um, and I'll not be changing back. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think if you manage to stick with it through November, December, when it is the hardest time of the year in terms yeah. of Scotland, yeah. because when I, I'll sometimes switch my training. Normally, I'll train after work. But there will be days when maybe I've got a networking event after work and we're going to uh, a bank or a seminar or a, a lecture or a, a drinks reception. Then you you need to just move your training to the morning. And the hardest part is obviously getting up early and whatnot. But if it's pouring wet and cold or you have to defrost your car, that's the battle. And if you can stick with it through that period, then it's become a habit. It's it's not changing. And it's, it's the funny the funny thing is right. So I, as I said, I work like five minutes away from uh, Extreme Gym in Glasgow. Now I park in the main in the main car park in my work, and it is like a 10, 12, 10 to fifteen minute walk from the car park to my office, and I have to do it in shorts every morning because <laughs> yeah. I because I walk in in shorts. People must be like. What the fuck is wrong with that guy? This boy's not well, but yeah, minus, pretty much. Minus five when he's walking about in shorts. But <laughs> um, again, because I go in a shop and stuff, so I just get take my stuff in and we run to the shower and then that's that get changed in. Yeah. Um, but again, all that done due to just taking the fact of what's easier for me into consideration. And that's the approach you've always got to take your training. Though. Yeah. Unless, you're, unless you're a pro bodybuilder or someone well, who's actually, you know. That's it. I think it can be really easy to fall down the rabbit hole of following really top physiques on Instagram or top yeah. fitness models or guys that are full-time on YouTube or anything like that. Now, there's definitely ways that they can motivate and help you. 
but in many other ways, the life they're living is not one that you can live if you no. want to achieve the results within your own confines of your lifestyle. So for me, it's it's about finding people like yourself in the podcast and hopefully the advice that I give on my page that people can see that you can work in nine five, you can progress your career, you can you can still build a good physique while doing these things without being somebody that lives for the gym every single every single minute of their life and that's all well and good if you're gonna make it and make some money from that. But yeah, not many not, not many people can so you've got yeah, to yeah, do the best you can job. with the and you dealt. Uh, exactly. I mean, it, it, you've just got to put it down to the priorities as well. You know, career, family, all these things are going to take precedent. Yeah. If you can fit the gym in somewhere, you can still make great progress. The excuse that you don't have time just doesn't what just does not wash with me. You know, um, no. I've seen people make amazing progresses in two or three workouts. If that's all you can do, that's all you can do. Um, and exactly. That's, that, Great. So that's us covered off a training perspective in terms of work. So to summarize, convenience, find a gym that fits within your lifestyle. I've joined a couple of different gyms because of that. So on weekends, I'll use one gym and then during the week in town, I'll use another. You also use a pass or something, don't you? What's, what's What's the pass you use? Yeah. So I have a lot of travel with work. So one of the brands that I first used in 2014 was they were called Pagey Gym and they've since rebranded as Hustle which is H-U-S-S-L-E and effectively you buy a month plus pass it's called say it's £30 you can then access around a thousand gyms across the UK that fall within that bracket some right. of the gyms are like a £60 a month or a £40 yeah. a month if you buy like a £30 a month one you can typically find a gym that's near you. So in Edinburgh, I know that on a Tuesday, if I really need to train, say I've got a packed weekend, I'm like, right, I need to train Tuesday night. I put in the postcode for my office or I put in the postcode for the train station at Haymarket or Waverley, and I say, right, there's three gyms there that are within the bracket I can use. What one looks like it's got the best equipment, and I'll go and use that. Yeah. And that's been a that's been a lifesaver for me, particularly <laughs> in, in previous jobs where I was maybe in Leeds, Manchester, Liverpool, Birmingham maybe one day a week for a month I needed to find lots of different gyms that I could access in order to stay on track again alongside that some pure gyms offer that option but I've found that Hustle's a bit more flexible because you will sometimes go to a city that doesn't have a pure that's near you so you need to you then need to find another one and we've got so many on there it's been a big help for me good stuff and you've got some sort of partner code with that as well don't you yeah yeah so people want to go onto the Hustle website, they can use Colin25 and they get 25% off. So say your £30 pass, you get you get a few quid off that, you get five quid off that. Right. Uh, so anyth- anything anything that helps you from a convenience perspective is important to me. And like I say, I use a few different gyms through that and then I've got normal memberships at two to to try and fit around my work schedule. And that's that's not for everyone, don't get me wrong, but for me it just makes sense to to make sure I've got access to gyms, especially when I'm in different locations for meetings and whatnot. Yeah, that's it. As I said, that's uh, all about convenience. That's it. So, in terms of training, I think we've we've given that a good yeah. a good answer. Yeah, good there. <laughs> there. Nutrition is the the main battle for most of us. Even if you work in an office nine five and you don't have meetings out and about, you will still struggle because your environment and the people around you will probably not have a fitness goal like you do. 
<laughs> if he's doing this, yeah, I mean, if you look around your office, and this isn't to be derogatory to anybody, but the majority of people now are overweight in the UK, and that's a fact. And unfortunately, that means that their nutritional habits are probably pretty unhealthy compared to anyone with a physique-related goal to either look, move, or feel, or just be in better shape. And I think, first of all, you need to adopt an attitude where you make it a priority for yourself to eat well and to eat the things that will more often not move you closer towards your goal. However, with an element of flexibility where you're still able to partake in some of the environment around you. So not having foods that are like banned or off the list, but knowing that certain portions of a certain food will cause you to not meet a goal, depending if it's fat loss or if it's moderate weight gain or if it's maintenance yep. of your current weight, you need to accept that. The, the big thing for me initially is if you prepare your meals or the majority of your meals, you will put yourself in a position to win and a position where you're less likely to fall off the bandwagon. And I hate people saying like, oh, off plan, on plan, cheat meal, treat meal, whatever you want to call it. But if you put yourself in a position where you, you know what you have for breakfast and work typically, you know what you have for lunch and work typically, and you have a few different dinners that you have when you get home at night and you've got some snacks within the day that contribute towards your goal, maybe they're protein-based or they're fruit-based or they're, they're maybe a bit cheeky, but you know I can manage that into my calories and my calorie goal, yep. then you're going to be in a good position. But for me, I typically will eat pretty similar meals throughout Monday, Friday, and then on Saturday and Sunday, I've got more flexibility to maybe do some cooking or go out for meals or whatever. And I know that because I've taken my food with me Monday to Friday in the office, I can just say no when people are offering me stuff. So, oh, no, I've got, do you want one of these? Oh, I've got my lunch with me. Or are you wanting this with your tea, your coffee? So, oh, actually, I've, I've brought a snack. It's okay. So that's difficult at first. However, I'm probably at the extreme end where they sometimes just don't offer me stuff because they know I'm the fitness guy in the fitness. But if you're somebody that's just, just trying to make that change for the first time or maybe sometimes you do say yes to the stuff they offer you, you need to be able to be brave enough to say no initially because if you say no initially, you'll maybe get a bit of hassle. But in 20 minutes' time, they won't remember that Susan and Andrew said no to the chocolate bar and that Jamie said yes. They'll just, they'll just remember that they had one. It won't, it won't matter to them. For, for a couple of minutes, you might get a jive, but, oh, you're trying to get in shape for your holiday or whatever. Or, oh, do you think you're too good to have a, a tea cake? Well, maybe I do, Sharon. So don't worry about it. And that's the that's the that's the battle, isn't it? You you kind of need you need that initial bravery, and you need to remember that people won't necessarily hold it against you. And first, they'll ask you why. They'll ask you why you're saying no to this stuff. And in a few weeks' time, when you're starting to see the results, maybe six, ten, eight weeks' time, they'll ask you how. They'll say, "How did that happen?" So first, they ask why, then they ask how, because you've proved over time that you've got some resilience and some tenacity about yourself to say no to the things that everyone else is having but you've also put in the background prep to make it a bit easier so you've maybe you've you've cooked your lunch on Sunday night from Monday through to Friday you've you've packed your uh, 
your shaker and your, your, your yogurt or your shaker and your oats, your cereal for Monday, Friday for your breakfast and yep. work. And then you've got your snacks in your drawer, your protein bar, your, 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 uh, your fruit, you've got your beef jerky, whatever it is, you've got it packed and you know, I am not going to be in a position where I'm left quite cold. And then I think that's the initial grounding that helps me, particularly in the office. And when I'm traveling, I pretty much just try to replicate that in terms of bringing some stuff with me as a foundation, but also knowing where I can access a supermarket, where I can access a, a Subway or a, yeah, or a Nando's or whatever, and you can make a fairly good choice when you go there. If you're using my fitness pal on your phone, these places are all on there, so you can choose things that meet your goals that are quite similar. So say you typically have a, a chicken wrap for, for lunch in the office and you know it's 450 calories, you can build a Subway that is that and is that similar macronutrient profile if you want to. Yeah. If you think when you're out for lunch it's the time to hit the fuck it button, that's up oh. to you. However, the options are there to choose an option that is still within your goals. So I think from a nutritional perspective, preparation, have some resilience and tenacity and bravery about yourself to be able to say no when you don't want to, but still the flexibility to join in if you want to. So sometimes... If there is donuts in on a Friday, and I know a donut's 300 calories, at the moment for me, my goal's not fat loss, it's maintenance or a slight gain. So I know if, if every couple of Fridays I have a donut, it's not going to be the end of the world. <laughs> yeah. But, but I'm, not, I'm not having one every week, I'm not having three every week, and I'm not having one Monday to Friday every week. I'm still adhering overall to a pretty a pretty strict plan and knowing, knowing what I've got in with me and what I'm doing. Yeah. However, all, all that comes from the kind of initial preparation. So Sunday nights the, is the big night in the Campbell household where we cook everything up. Couldn't agree more. Honestly, the, the, the biggest, the most easiest way you can stay on track with your nutrition is just doing a meal prep. When you've prepped that up, when you've done it, when you've got it, when you're prepared, it's a conscious decision not to eat the food. It's a conscious decision to actually leave it or take something else. If you've got something there, something that you're prepared with, you've got your lunch, as you said, you've got your snacks, you know you're a fan of the MyProtein Six Layers, also a massive fan. You can get these things that are, that are really good. You know, and I wouldn't, just because it's a meal prep doesn't mean it has to be bland or, you know, just plain chicken and rice. It doesn't need to be those kind of things, but just being prepared with some good healthier choices really really does make a massive difference and uh, then you can send Shannon packing which comes over with the tea cakes <laughs> yeah that's it it's it's it, you're gonna you're gonna get a little bit of hassle in an office to join in and that's 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 absolutely <laughs> fine however you need to understand that if you have a goal that you're really serious about and you care about or even if it's not that serious and you're like I just want to drop a dress size or I just want my waist to be a 32 or a 34 again like it was when I was when I started working here. You're going to have to do things that other people in the office aren't doing. And you doing that might make them a little bit uncomfortable. And if them being uncomfortable comes at the, the cost of a little bit of embarrassment for them, but it brings with it the benefit of you being in better shape and being happier in yourself perhaps, then give me that every day of the week. Thank you. That's, that's my opinion. 
couldn't, couldn't agree more. And to do, if you really want to push for these things, if you really truly do want to lose a couple of dress sizes, as you said, or drop some body fat, get get confident with how you look, there's going to have to be some sacrifices. You know, you can't just continue to do the same things over and over again and expect the same result. There's going to have to be some tweaks. But again, minor tweaks to start. Start fitting the training, the nutrition in and around your lifestyle with what's manageable, but what's challenging you. Um, so what's been the progression like for your training over the years um, with regards to starting out to where you are now and going yeah. into 2020? Yeah. So like I said, it all started through rugby, very strength conditioning based. I started to pick up a lot of injuries probably through that imbalance that I had in my shoulder and my chest and my back. And I started to get into the rehab side of things in terms of building uh, better rear delts in the back of your shoulder. I was doing my face pulls. I was doing my external rotations and some banded work. I started to see a real change in my physique. And it was at that point I was watching kind of further down the line, more informative YouTubers. I mentioned Scott Herman. I watched a bit of Chris Jones, whose physique's a greatness. And I even started to watch Christian Guzman back when he was informative and not just trying to punt your t-shirts. Yeah, the so, so he was he was phenomenal at the time. This was yeah, maybe was early, early 2013. So I've been training a long time at this point, but these guys were putting out brilliant free information, which YouTube still has, but people are just choosing not to watch it. They're choosing to watch people driving flash cars or going on holidays to Bali and Ibiza. So... Again, that's entertainment, but if you want information, it's there as well if you want to look for it. And I was watching these guys, and they were doing their push-pull legs, and they were doing their upper-lower split, and I was thinking, I need to train like these guys, and I need to see the movements they're doing and the sets and the reps they're doing. And I started to adjust my training more towards that, and it really helped because I watched how they performed their form on so many different movements, but they were also saying, oh, I stick with this program for 10, 12 weeks. So you were getting that understanding of, you know, shocking your body every session. You're, you're starting to really, you're, you're building up a, a real familiarity with movements over a long period. And you're trying to get stronger and fitter and faster and perform those movements better. So my training came on loops and bounds through the free information that was on YouTube now, there were still mistakes I was making at that time in my training. Maybe I was doing way too much volume. I was doing four sets of 12 or 15 or five sets of 12. And I maybe wasn't getting stronger and more uh, performing the movements any better. But I was still training really hard. I was eating pretty well. And I was seeing some results. So my training moved a lot. And then in more recent years, I would say Instagram has kind of taken over YouTube because it's so much more available on your, on your phone. And then alongside that, podcasts for yeah. informative sources who kind of put you in a position where you understand more about the setup of your training, what the exercises should look like within it. You've got that background that I've learned from YouTube about the form. Maybe now I do two or three sets of a movement, much closer to failure, maybe one or, one or two reps short of failure. And I'm trying to get progressively stronger in each week. So I'm looking all that in my, wee, in, my wee, in my wee diary during my sessions, trying to see if I can get any stronger. Yep. You touched so, on a couple of really good points there as well. Firstly, the logbook. 
that to me is one of the most powerful training or training tips, whatever you want to call it, you can use to get stronger. If you're getting in there tracking what you're doing, knowing you've got a target to beat from last week, and you're improving it by a rep or two for three months, yeah. going to make some massive improvements. Another one as well, shocking the muscle. Like people don't understand that learning these movement patterns is a skill. Like yeah, you put time in to learn it. And if you're trying to learn a new skill every single week, how good are you going to get at any single one of them? You know, um, yeah. whereas focusing on some good basic quality movements, progressing them for ten to twelve weeks, doing a training log, focusing and beating one or two reps here and there. Sounds so basic, but that's it, you know? It is. And I think the, the problem yeah. with that is it's not that sexy, is it? It's not. No, it isn't. It's not drop sets and supersets and um, jumping back flips every, every second week, you know? Yeah. I I, uh, I think when I was watching the kind of really heavily influenced by, by YouTube, probably 2013 to 2015, I was in pretty good shape, especially for in terms of lean and, 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 and quite muscular but my training was quite inefficient I was in the gym quite a long time six days a week maybe an hour and a half an hour and 45 minutes for that time I was doing countless sets for the muscle group I was doing drop sets super sets I was my form was probably quite good but it would deteriorate as you got more tired and some of the sets you were doing were you really connecting with the muscle on that dumbbell roll? Were you really connecting with the muscle on that lap pull down, that pull up, or was yeah. it more momentum you were using? So that's it's only in recent years that I've been a lot better at dropping down the number of sets that I'm doing and just committing to two, maybe three, sometimes really, really good sets on a movement and getting value from my training. So now tonight I was in the gym at quarter past five straight from the office. I got changed got in, warmed up, did my session, and I was on the train at 6.30, so I was in and out an hour and 15 minutes, changed, warmed up, really good session. I'll do that for five days a week, and I'm in a position where I'm getting stronger, I'm moving more weight, I'm getting more reps, and I'm just overall developing a physique that will continue to improve because I'm just doing the basics over and over and over again. Yeah. And at this stage of training, it's hard yeah, and that's uh, and for anyone who hasn't seen Collins, it's very impressive. Recently done a photo shoot a few months ago as well that came out really well. Um, so go over to his Instagram and have a look at that. Um, but I think we've covered a good bit there. Um, that's has been around the 40, 40, 45 minute mark. So I think we'll wrap things up. Now, how I like to finish these, Colin, is a top five. So this is yep. you. My top five tips for, or your top five tips, sorry, for 95ers who are looking to start out in fitness because this will be getting released the second weekend in January. So okay. This will be a good time for anyone ramping things up going into the new year. Who want Top five tips for 95ers looking for fitness okay. success in 2020. Right, I'm ready. So number <laughs> one, number one, join a gym that is convenient for your workplace or your home that enables you to, to do that. If you want to, you can use the Hustle website to do one that gives you access to multiple gyms. However, make sure you join a gym that is going to be convenient for you. You could join the best gym in the world if it's 40 minutes drive away. <laughs> you're not gonna, it's not going to happen. You're going to eat into your time to do it. Number, num, number two, get a little bit better at cooking because 
you can have meals that, yeah you can you can have meals that you still enjoy but are within your goals number three uh, linked to number two in terms of nutrition get an understanding of calories so if you've never tracked food before in your life do it fairly strictly and tightly for a short period and you will forever understand what roughly in the portions of food that you put in front of you and whether that will help you gain, maintain or lose weight. And you, a short period of discipline will bring you considerable more freedom. So I can go on holiday now and come back roughly the same weight if I want to. So say I'm, say I'm going on holiday with my family and it's just a, a short break, it's not like a party holiday or anything like that. I can eat pretty intuitively in what's in front of me. I can probably know that I've had a decent amount of protein. I've had a decent amount of calories for, for what I'm up to. And I've not come back any any heavier or worse for wear if I, if I didn't want to. If I want to really let loose and let rip, that's fine. But if I wanted to and you told me my fitness was down, if you told me my fitness pal is down and broken, I could probably eat similar meals that I eat year round and know, oh, that was... 2,500 calories, or that was 3,000 calories, or that was three and a half, whatever you're aiming for. So that's the, the first three. Number four, it's that you're going to be an element of sacrifice. So we spoke about that ability to say to people. That could be people in the office with the, the tempting food, or it could be your mates in the weekend that want you to come in a session when really you don't, maybe you don't want to, maybe your goal's more serious than that, or maybe you, maybe you want to go in a session, but you know that. Next week's your mate's birthday, so you've actually got a reason to go in the session. So number four is that element of understanding some sacrifice and having the willpower to say no to that. And then number five, so last one, let's make it a good one, Andrew. Yeah. I good so far, really impressed. I think invest in if if you are completely clueless, don't be afraid to invest some money in it. So I would say that. Of the, so say the, say the gym I go to on a Saturday and a Sunday, I go to a, a, a gym quite local to me. I've been training there for about 18 months now, uh, on, on and off on, on weekends. And 90% of the guys in there look the exact same as they did 18 months ago. Yeah. Whereas I like to think I've made a little bit of progress, but I know that I know there's the 10% of guys that have made lots of progress, not ones that have been using drugs or whatever, but the 10% that have made progress are the ones that have invested either through free sources like YouTube and Instagram by following good content, or they've got a coach for 6, 12, 18 weeks, and they have leapfrogged guys that have been in that gym for the last 18 months and not achieved a single thing because they've invested in good quality information, they've invented it, or they've got a coach who has them how to set themselves up to win. Yep, that's an excellent, excellent top five there. Um, a great, great five to finish. I, I love the, the cooking one, especially. Not, not many people think about that, but it's something that's like it's a basic skill that you should be able to pick up, you know. And the same up with my fitness pal as well. If you can learn some basic skills with that, it's going to teach you so much in the long run. Big time, big time. Yeah, hopefully that's a good five. And I think anyone that's starting out. If they adhere to three of those five or four of those five, they'll be in a good position. Yeah, really good. At 100%, mate, 100%. Well, um, it's been a pleasure having you on, mate. That was a really good podcast. Really enjoyed that. So just as a final note, Colin, where can we find you um, on all social media and things like that? Also, for anyone 
who doesn't know, Colin does have a 35% code for my protein, something that I use personally quite a lot, um, and also pass on to my clients as well. So if you want to shout that out for us as well, please call. Yeah, of course, Andrew. So if anyone's interested, they can find me over at Instagram. It's at call.cambro. Andrew will link it below in the description. And as he said, I haven't been posting on Instagram for about three years now. I've grown a decent following and I work with a number of brands that I've always bought their stuff. One of those is my protein. And like Andrew says, MP Call on the website gets you 35% off everything. And it's, it's, a, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great brand for me to affiliate with. I've, worked, I've bought their stuff for, I think the first protein I bought was 2009. So over 10 years ago, I bought my first protein shakes. And it's, it's, it means that when it comes to actually working and promoting for a company, you believe in it. It's not as if you've sold your soul for, for a couple of free, free bags of protein. It's a, it's a brand that I've always believed in, which is nice. And alongside that, the other one we mentioned in the podcast was Hustle for your gym access. That's Colin25. And then more recently, I started working with Muscle Food. So I buy all my, all my chicken and my mince in bulk from Muscle Food. And uh, I buy my Monsters from there as well for my pre-workout. So if you want five pounds off your Muscle Food order, it's MF Call. So my protein's MP Call, 35%. And Muscle Food's MF Call uh, for five pounds off. So if if anyone's interested, they can ask me questions about what products that I like myself on my Instagram. I know you and I are both big fans of the, the Six Layer Bar, which is the protein bar for my protein. There's, there's a few brilliant flavours. There's a few brilliant flavours, and it's just right. another good option for you. Try the new White Gold yet? Yeah, I have done. I've got a box of 12, mate. I'm a big how fan. How do you find them? I don't know if anyone remembers the White Gold kind of McVitie biscuit. And... I think it's like a, a kind of protein version of that. So it's, it's a win for me. I'm a big white chocolate fan. So anything with white chocolate, I tend to be quite a fan of. So again, it's just another option that it means you don't feel like you're, you're being too healthy because it tastes, still tastes good and you know it's working you towards your goals. So yeah, big fan of that. Hopefully you guys can come and join me over on Instagram and you can get engaged on my page. Sounds good, Colin. Sounds good. Um, that's fucking something... <laughs> Somebody's definitely trying to get a hold of me here. Um, Somebody wants, wants your attention, which is always good. <laughs> That's it. But no, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, Colin. Thanks very much for being a part of the podcast. Um, final reminder for anyone below, all of Colin's uh, Instagram, things like that, and his codes will all be linked below in the show notes. And for anyone as well looking to pick up the recently released Fat Loss Guide for 9 to fivers, that will also be linked below. Um, but Colin, thanks very much again for having uh, for coming on. Really enjoyed this podcast. I think it's going to help a lot of people going into twenty twenty. Big thanks, Colin, for yourself as well. I'm sure. Brilliant. Thanks, Andrew. Speak to you soon, mate. You've been listening to Fitness for Nine to Fivers with Andrew Marsham. You're a grown ass human being. You have a job, maybe two, kids, errands, bills, a wife, friends. And while the excuse list gets bigger, so does your waist. That's where Andrew comes in. Until next time, find Andrew on Facebook at andrew.marsham.737 and on Instagram at andrewmarsham underscore fitness. To reach out to Andrew, send an email at amfit1993 at gmail.com. We'll see you next time.